Welcome to Sports Connection. I'm Darren Joins, Williamson County Schools Athletic Director. I'm here with uh, Tate, Peter Brady, Matthews, <laughs> for our older crowd out there that maybe remembers the famous Brady Bunch <laughs> episode where Peter's voice was changing as he was becoming a young man, Tate. Yeah, <laughs> not much I can say to... Um, that was a good one. <laughs> but listen, you bear stepped... With, bear with me. But listen, he stepped his game up. He said, look, I'm playing hurt. Got to answer the bell. He's been tested. Everything's good. Just a little case of laryngitis. So uh, he's good to go. And I'm just, I'm just, listen, tape me up, put me in. Hey, the team is depending on you, <laughs> right? We're team guys. <laughs> So you're thinking more, not Peter Brady with the changing of the voice, but more like uh, Rockies, Mick. Mick, patch me up, Mick. Mick. That's right. I got to go. Cut me. <laughs> Cut me. M -m Mick. <laughs> you, didn't know, you didn't know that one was in there. <laughs> I didn't know. That's impressive. Let's take a break. Or just say. <laughs> Mick. <laughs> so, Tate, uh, Wilco Awards. June, June 21st at the factory. And listen, this is something that you've been saying for a couple years. The red carpet, sometimes we feel a little bit rushed. It's only been an hour and a half. We've made that thing a full two hours to give ourselves time to get on stage and do our thing. So 5 o'clock this year, we welcome all you guys that are out here uh, to be there for the red carpet. The finalists, the families of the individual finalists are welcome to be there at the show for our team finalists, which we'll talk to uh, talk about here in just a minute, uh, we've got standing room only for once the show starts. Yeah, and I love that because, you know, you get them all over there in a group, and it is cool to see the teams there together. But, hey, and those that know you, you are a very punctual guy, and so 5 o'clock means it will start <laughs> at 5 o'clock, right? Correct. There will not be a delayed kick. Correct, correct. So if you think you're – um, child is one of those first ones I'd be there at five because <laughs> we'll be on the air by five. You can bank on it. And looking forward to a uh, little red carpet with Carrie Goodwin again. Yes. Former girls basketball coach at Summit in Franklin High School. Uh, saw Carrie out a couple, couple days ago, and she's ready to go, looking to pick out the perfect dress for the red carpet, uh, uh, the, the stage show there, and she'll, she'll do great. She'll do great. She's been a part of it. The original crew. We've done it every year, and uh, I can't even imagine doing it without her. So excited that the band will be back together. Well, and, and you look, we had pretty good feedback last year. You and I co-hosted the show, the actual award show. I didn't know how that would go. So, uh, listen, I, I wasn't told by my superiors that, look, you guys can't do that anymore. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back on stage together this year. Looking forward to that, too. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Let's get into these awards. We've got a lot to cover here. Uh, we'll start with our fall and winter sports, and we'll talk about our finalists. Uh, if you take a look, let's start off with girls and boys basketball, Tate. A little different when you look at the two. On the girls' side, you've got names that you've recognized for a long time, four young ladies that everybody's happy they're graduating. On the boys' side, we've got some sophomores in there. So we've got some youth, and in fact, in one case, DJ Starr of Ravenwood even though he's a senior, he played one year because he was in the transfer portal <laughs> to Ravenwood High School. Uh, from another state, by the way, from another state. Uh, but on the girls' side, you've got a Miss Basketball finalist, Mackenzie Cochran, her teammate, Lily Wilkin. you got Reagan Grimes, Miss Do-It-Everything in WCS. Sydney Ryan, a great shooter and scorer there at Brentwood High School. And then on the boys' side, you've got Daniel Cochran, Jet Montgomery, Dominic Reed joining DJ Starr. Pretty solid categories there, Tate. Very solid. They always are. And then, you know, when you look at basketball, the first question is, do the Page superpowers, Mackenzie Cochran and Lily Wilkin, they went the farthest of anybody in the, in the county or in the sports conference to the state tournament? Do they cancel each other out? Um, you know, I don't know. Reagan Grimes... Anytime you see her, uh, she she could very well be girls basketball, but then does the multi-sport success bias come in? And then probably the best shooter 
of the group, Sidney Ryan, uh, you know, there's a lot of tough categories. I think this is one of the top two or three toughest categories in the Wilco. So um, I know I know what I think, but if you ask me to bet who's going to win this one, I don't think I can. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to, to pick it out. Uh, and then you take that boys' side, a lot of young players and new faces on that one, some young men that are going to be around for a while. Now, for those out at home that want to know this, here's how the nominations and voting works. <laughs> You get nominated. Uh, before they send you an email, I'm going to go ahead and explain it to you. You get nominated by the coach or an athletic director. Once that happens, you turn in stats for the year. That goes out to members of the media, people that you know. I'm not going to tell you how anybody voted. No, I'm not doing that. And we let media members vote, and they get points based, based on whether or not they were voted as first place, second, third, or fourth. So like you said... On that girl's side, it'll be interesting, and they're all deserving. Any of those four could win. But sometimes when you see two from the same school, maybe you vote uh, one, two, and if there's only one of them, maybe you definitely vote that particular school for it. Right. But, but I'd say good on page for nominating both of those young ladies because let's face it, when you're talking about the four best girls basketball players in this county, they're two of the four. Yeah, they, they both deserve to be there. Yeah, I so mean, I like yeah, it. I, I like it. I do too. And then you mentioned the sophomores. We've been we've been talking about those super sophomores for quite some time, um, and you know we've got um, you know a, <laughs> these are the best ones, the most the ones that have had the most success so far. But you know there's a lot of other ones in that class, so that category is just going to keep getting tougher and tougher. DJ Starr, the, the, he comes in senior year. You know all district tournament team, first team all district. 12.7, 3.8, 2.8 assists, 1.2 steals. I mean, and it was a really good defender. I don't know. Did, did, did he get most of the voting because he's a senior? Who, and, I mean, he his stats merit it, but you know what I'm saying? It's going to be interesting to see how that – or did enough people know about him with only being here one year? going to be interesting. You know, what's interesting, too, about the Wilco's just in general, and I think about wrestling. <clears throat> we have state – Runners up. Right, listen, state runners up who aren't finalists. That's right. Because we have champions and other state runners up. It's tough. And listen, we could have 10 finalists. That's what makes it special. That's four, right. Four. I like four. We're going to stay with four. 100%. I, I like it. I really do. And you listen, we've seen it on Twitter and people saying they're so excited to be there. I just think it's a cool deal. Uh, I think it's a real cool deal. Now, let's go to bowling real quick. Uh, if there's a trend here, and it's been happening, five, one, two, three, four, five of the eight finalists, all from Franklin High School. What Ted Logan has done at Franklin High School, uh, and not, not that the other coaches haven't done a good job because they can, but I feel like he's taken it to a new level. He's one of the reasons that we have uh, bowling at the middle school level because yeah. he, he was pushing it from day one, and, and he should have been. And what a great success that was. No doubt. So on the girls' side, you got Samantha Daly from Brentwood. you got Leah Miller from Franklin along with Mary-Kate Polk and Maddie Yates. Then on the boys' side, you've got Sam Dodson from Centennial, Connor Kosick from Summit. His team went the furthest. And then you've got Braden Didier from Franklin. And I thought this was kind of cool. Drew Whalen from Franklin, who is also a finalist in baseball. That's right. That's pretty big time now. Huge. And doesn't it give bowling a little more legitimacy? Let's no face doubt it. about it. You know, sometimes the, the thought of bowling is I'm, you know, I'm over here drinking Cokes and have a pile of nachos while I'm playing. And I have seen that a couple times, by the way. But it's a more, I think, I think he brings a more athletic look to the sport. And I've talked to Coach Logan about it. I'm looking for softball. I'm looking for baseball because they can fling it. Athletes. I love it. Well, and you mentioned Franklin. Look at the highest average of the girls. Maddie Yates with 180. Franklin. The two highest averages on the boys' side, uh, Braden and Drew, both over 200. They've taken, they've taken bowling to a whole nother level. Hey, uh, Maddie probably has a higher average than every other boy in the district except for the four finalists. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty strong. Uh, 
I was just thinking, how long would it take you and I, how many frames to accumulate 202 pounds? <laughs> Depends on the night. Uh, could be anywhere from 16 to 20. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk a little cross country, another sport that we're just so dominant in. How about these names? Girl side. Sophia Boutros placed fourth at the state meet. Lydia Cromwell, sixth. Janie Halterman ran the fastest 5K of any Williamson County girl in 2021 by over 20 seconds. Cersei Mooney finished ninth at state. Then on the boys' side, you've got Brody Chapman, fifth. From Brentwood, Cal Fielder, eighth. Parker Harris, 11th. And, oh, let's don't forget about Miles Raymer. He just happened to be the state champion on the boys' side. So good categories there, too. Very strong when you have a state champion in there. Um, that's tough for the rest of them. But, you know, we got some younger ones in there, too. Parker Harris, he's young. And uh, Brody Chapman and Cal Fielder, they've had great careers. So I would think Miles is the favorite in the boys. Uh, and then you got to kind of give the uh, tip of the hat, maybe, favorite to Janie Halterman on the girls' side. But you never know. I mean, all of them had great careers. Well, and here's what's, I mean, great years. Here's what's great about this. Uh, in most of these categories – you could argue different winners. Right. It's not that obvious. No. You know, like, oh, it's got to be this person. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's talk football, and we'll do this as a group. So we give a defense, an offense, and a player of the year. And as you look through these, uh, to me the big question is, can Summit pull off the trifecta with three different players? Here's what I mean by that. Keaton Wade, who's probably the favorite for defensive player of the year, uh, Summit High School Offensive Player of the Year, Brady Pierce. I, I love that Brady got the nod because what he did on the offensive end. And then Football Player of the Year, Destin Wade. Do they have a shot to win all three? Do they have a shot? Yes. Do I think it happens? No, because I don't think Destin um, – oh, yeah, that's right. No, no, you're right with Brady in there. Yeah, they got a heck of a shot. I think it's going to be hard – to beat Jake McNamara on Offensive Player of the Year, though. It is. Uh, the defense, let's get those guys out here. Jake Brock uh, from Brentwood. Colin Hurd from Page. Uh, by the way, he's coming back next year, and is he going to play defense or is he going to play quarterback or is he going to do both? Both. You know. He's going to be on the field. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Miles Pollard, Ravenwood High School. Uh, again, that's defense. On the Offensive Player of the Year, you mentioned McNamara. Chris Parson, who's also coming back, only a junior. Mr. Do-It-All in the district, kind of getting that Reagan Grimes feel to him. Aaron Walton. And then uh, Football Player of the Year, you see McNamara again, Destin Wade, Aaron Walton again, and Colby Walton. Love seeing Colby in there from Nowensville. All great candidates for these uh, awards. Yeah, and think about it. you got two quarterbacks that are runner-up in, um, in their classifications. I'm not so sure Brady Pierce shouldn't have been in the football player of the year. Did he lead the team in tackles? I think he did. Uh, if he didn't, it was close. Yeah. So he could have been in either. He could have been in all three. So, yeah, um, we've had a lot of great – we've had a lot of great football categories through the years at the Wilcos. I feel as good about these three as we've ever had. And, and you know, um, you go back to that defense, you know, not as much publicity maybe – but Jake Brock, Colin Hurd, I guarantee you, anybody, any football coach in the, in the county would tell you they could build a defense around either one of those guys, both physical, downhill guys. Um, you know, and then Miles Pollard, you know, as far as, uh, you know, what he does at the cornerback position, he's as good as, as anybody at his position in here. So you've got to think Keaton Wade's probably the favorite, but that's a, that's a great category right there. Two comments about a couple of these guys. Number one, I've been saying this, uh, maybe privately, but I'll say it publicly. And it's because I'm interested in the school. Keaton Wade, in my opinion, gets on the field at Kentucky next year. 100%. I really believe that. 100%. Uh, and then Jake Brock, what I was going to mention about Jake, uh, you know, you talk about uh, teachers or coaches being school guys or gals. Jake Brock is a school guy. Yep. Not only does he play the sports, but I noticed there was a little segment on Coach Purcell uh, 
on one of the local news stations, and there's that room they all hang out in during lunch, and they come in there and see Coach Purcell. Jake was in that group. He's yeah. not a soccer player. And then Jake, you see him showing up at other sports at the state tournament. It's just what a great dude. No doubt about it. And then, and obviously it was his mother's that that, that was the reason. Hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> but isn't that most of us? Uh, well, and you know, Coach Bond and Coach Crane were new this year. Yeah. Listen to the way those guys talk yeah. about him. Uh, just a, he's a kid you want to coach, man. He's a team guy, school guy. Um, he, he's he's a foxhole guy. That's who you want. He is. Let's talk a little golf. And, and real quick, um, maybe the most versatile guy is Aaron Walton. Correct. I mean, I, you could start him at almost any position on the field. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Uh, pretty good basketball player, too, even though he didn't play. Okay, baseball, too. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> Let's talk uh, girls and boys golf. Now, this one. It's going to be hard to meet, beat Miss DiPaolo now. She's the state champion. Uh, we know, witnessed that in we, person, We witnessed by the way. it. And, you know, I still remember on her when she came off the course that last day, she was so mad. Her parents were trying to congratulate her. She was so mad she didn't birdie that last right. time. And what did she win by like three or four strokes? Yes. I mean, it was over, but she was like, I didn't birdie the last time. Yeah. I love that about her. Uh, Brooke Brummett, also the QB1 for. Brentwood uh, flag football, Piper Davis, another name we've seen quite a bit. Hannah Ruth Walton, who will be back uh, for Coach Craig and his squad. And then on the boys' side, I think it's, a, it's not quite as clear. Harrison Akers, Franklin, Luke Beatles, Nowensville, Grant Clark Page, and then maybe the best name of any golfer that's a finalist, Bryce Calloway. Pretty good. <laughs> you can get some endorsement deals with that. <laughs> There may be a family connection. It reminds me that I was, uh, I probably told this story, but it, I would probably say this to Bryce, and he would probably answer with, yeah, I mean, my dad created the big birth of club or whatever. But uh, I was at Beach High School working at the school store, and young lady comes up and pays by check. A few young people out there, ask your parents what checks are. Uh, but they go to pay, and uh, Conley was on there. I was like, oh. John Conley, rose-colored glasses. That's a country music star. Yes. Like, uh, that's my dad. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, I know. you got to think about that. So, who knows? Hey, let's talk hey, girls. Highest Wilco finish for Bryce. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, uh, yes. That's got to count for something, right? Well, you would think. And uh, how did his team do? They were at the state tournament. <laughs> and they won the thing. <laughs> hey, girls soccer, I think this is a tough category. It is. You've got Allie Brown and Sarah Kate Raff from Ravenwood. Uh, you know, it's funny. Someone was saying to me, well, you know, we're a little disappointed. They were state semifinalists after winning back-to-back -back titles. Again, do they take each other's votes? Sarah Kate and Allie. But, again, both uh, well-deserving uh, finalists. And you got Abby Thornton from Page, who what did they do? Won a state title. And then you've got Maddie Podelsky, the District 12 AAA Player of the Year. And oh, by the way, kind of in the vein of Robert Hassel, she's a freshman. You remember Hassel was a finalist. Of course, he didn't have it his senior year. But I think he won the thing freshman, sophomore, and junior year. Yeah, he won it four times. Well, right? fourth, fourth he didn't because we didn't have a season. He didn't have it. He would have had it. But his consolation prize was he got drafted in the top 10 or 12 by the Padres. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I think he's in Fort Wayne now. He's or? doing great. I like yeah. how they're – it seems like it's not slow, but yeah. bringing him along. Think about that. Winning the baseball Wilco is a first. And it's not like baseball is right. some chump sport for us, which none are. Uh, yeah, I remember because I was there. I was like, did they say that right? He's a freshman. Remember he came up on the red carpet? I was like, he's like an older dude. Yes. Handling himself well. Does uh, Abby Thornton in the state championship, does that – does that give her a little nudge? Maybe, and maybe it should. I think what happens sometimes, and that doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes maybe for the voters, maybe the smaller classification, it shouldn't. shouldn't matter on the voting, but uh, you never know if that's going to be a factor too. Uh, I mean, Paige, I've watched them play and watched the boys play. They'd be doing quite well at the highest classification yes. level too. No doubt. 
Volleyball, here's another interesting one. This has happened a few times. It's happened, happened in, I guess, one of our bowling with girls bowling. But you've got three finalists from the same school, which two years ago we'd have said, sure, Brentwood, Nolensville. The thing about them, too, and we'll talk about Coach Young here in a minute, I, I think it's maybe as impressive as any team that we have in WCS, that they jump from 2A to 3A in volleyball, which has been such a dominant sport in Williamson County for so long, and they win it. Yeah. And I think that's why you see a well-deserving Mamie Guthrie, Maggie Rickert, and Avery Young all as finalists, along with Kennedy Riggs of Ravenwood, whose team made it to the final, losing to Nolensville. Yes. Good category. Good category, tough category. Um, Rickert, a junior, so, um, but Mamie Guthrie and Avery Young, I don't know how many wins they have uh, leaving Nolensville, but it's a lot. And, I mean, you know, three-time state champions, you can go with either one of them. I know Avery was a um, state championship, state tournament MVP one year. Uh, maybe might have gotten it the other year. I don't know. Um, and then, like you said, Kennedy Riggs, she was the best player on the second best team. So, I don't know. And then you talk about Nolensville coming up and winning. We've talked about that for years. No surprise, though, because all the non-district games that Coach Young, when they were in AAA, scheduled were all AAA. Ravenwood, Brentwood, Siegel. He'd been prepping for this. No surprise. Well, that's a great point you're bringing up. It wasn't like they didn't think they belonged. They already knew they did. They're like, uh, we've played these people, right. and it'll be fine. Right. So That's a great story. It is. It really That's is. That's tough. We just talked about, and the other ones do two cancel each other out. Well, what do, what do three do? I don't know. Again. We'll find out. I have no way of guessing that one. Nothing would surprise me. And all would be well-deserving. No doubt. Let's take a look at wrestling. You talk about a sport that we're on the rise. Of the eight finalists, Five are state champions, three runners-up. On the girls' side, uh, state champion Brooklyn Long from Independence, Kaylin Thomas from Ravenwood. Then you've got Riley Lent from Independence, who was a runner-up. Emma Stevenson from Summit, who was a runner-up to Brooklyn Long. So, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Emma just couldn't beat Brooklyn. No, That's she couldn't. It. She beat everybody else. That's it. Then on the boys' side, you've got Jacob Clevenger and Kendrick Curtis, both champions from Fairview, Jarvis Little, a sophomore from Summit gets their first state title. Will Parcell, a runner-up, but what did he do leading up to that match? He was 62-0 and 0 before that match. So, again, uh, well-deserving and nothing would – I mean, you take a look at Will. He's the only runner-up, but you could certainly make an argument for him winning the Wilco. He was 62-0 and 0 until that last match. Yeah. That's – that's tough. Yes. Well, I mean, you you look at, I mean, uh, Clevenger. He was thirty and two. Right, and his losses were to a couple of state champions, yeah. one in a different state. And that used to kind of be the thirty wins used to kind of be the the gold standard. We're talking about sixty two wins in a season. That's two seasons. Incredible. Uh, Kendrick Curtis had sixty one wins. Yeah. But you know, Clevenger had some injury issues, which almost makes his more impressive. Yeah. He had half the matches. I'm telling you, at that state meet, because uh, I was there watching it, that dude peaked there. He really did. He, he, was, he was rolling, man. Had that cowboy hat on when he was walking through the line. It's so he, awesome. he was, I think, it's been a while now, but I'm pretty sure he was my favorite football media day interview. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Ask hey. him who the toughest of all the brothers was. Uh, me. Me. <laughs> he didn't even hesitate. I liked it. A uh, couple of categories I do want to mention because we put them really in our winner categories. Uh, uh, you talk about this a lot, what they mean to their schools. Our cheer and dance finalist on the cheer side, Channing Garner, Independence. Uh, Marin McKean from Brentwood. Sophia Rattan Franklin, who also uh, played flag football. Emerson Smith, Ravenwood. On the dance side, Grayson Beard, Franklin, Riley Kate Green, Brentwood, Madison McCullum, Nowensville, Hannah Hodgins, Centennial. What's cool about this, when you read their bios and they're lengthy, it's not only their performance, whether it be as an individual or on their teams, 
but what they do in their schools. Yes. It's, it's almost like a, and school spirit is not really, doesn't do it justice. They're such a big part of the school culture when yeah. you're talking about cheer and dance. Well said. They're servants. And they're usually all great students as well. Yes, they are. They are, which uh, is important. Yeah, student athlete. Let's move to baseball. Here's one where I, there's some people left out that you could definitely make arguments for, one being Aaron Walton. Yep. Uh, but you've got Blake Beavis, Ravenwood, two-time finalist. Eli Lamb, what's Eli do? Takes his team to the state tournament centennial. And, and that game he had against Summit where he threw five perfect innings in the region first round, that was pretty good good game there, Eli. Ethan McIlvain, who I think for him would say, I had a little bit of a down year, but you know what he did this year? He gave up 17 hits the whole season. Had a perfect game. He gave up 17 hits the whole year. Yeah. That's, that's pretty decent. And he pitched, I don't know, 36, 37 innings. And then you got Drew Whalen, we talked about from Franklin. He was the 11-4A most valuable player. So, man, another strong category. I think you could argue any of these guys winning. Do you think that uh, Blake and Eli's postseason success maybe gives them a little edge? Maybe. And, you know, uh, people talk about that. I, I think it should. I do, too. I don't think any award should be voted on until it's over. Because you see sometimes people will win an award and they'll say, uh, well, it, you know, they should, but they're voting before the year's over. So if you vote before the year's over, sometimes different people win. In my opinion, the season is the season. Right. You've got to get to the end before you vote on it. And some people, we've all seen them, where you have uh, young ladies and young men who when the bright lights are on, they go to another level. And I think it's well-deserved to include that. I do too. I always hated that about the Heisman. You know, somebody would win it and then go stink up the bowl game. Back when the bowl games mattered, Gino Toretto. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I think McIlvain was probably the favorite all year long. Um, Blake and Eli both went farther in the postseason, had great success. And, you know, when you look overall stats, you got to look at Blake and Drew. Um, this is a tough category. Well, and there's – As not, it should be. Not that I think that – if your team get put, gets put out early, you still shouldn't be considered. I'm not saying that. In fact, I know for me, when I always voted for players of the year in, in the basketball league, usually it was somebody off the championship team. I thought maybe they deserved it because they won the title for the regular season. But I also tried to think about this. If you took that one player off their team, how would their team do? And I think about this with Reagan Grimes in basketball. Now, again, this is no offense to her teammates. I'm telling you, if she didn't play on that team. Different team. I, I don't know if they win 10. And that, again, I'm not dogging their team at all. Had a great year, made it all the way to the sub-state. I think she was that good. Yep. Well, she was. So, I'm guessing what you're saying is when Michigan State beat Indiana State, Larry Bird was your player of the year. Well, because I love Larry <laughs> He was going to be player of the year no matter what. Left bar. These young people don't get it. No. He's he took Indiana State to the state championship. The Sycamores. Game. I mean, the national championship game. And let's also throw into this. Their only loss was in the final. To? Michigan State. That's right. So that's when. Who, the, was, the, who was the point guard? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. Irvin. EJ. Your guy. No doubt. Uh, boys soccer. And uh, Thomas Fields Brentwood. State champion. Uh, Jack Gorman, Page, state champion. Landon Robbins, Franklin, co-district MVP, state quarterfinalist. Forrest Wells, Brentwood, state champion. So here's what's tough about it. Forrest Wells, goal scorer, right? Attacking, kind of like a skilled player in football. Those guys get most of the publicity, right? Landon Robbins, goal scorer, athlete, attacker. When you look at what Jack Gorman and Thomas Fields did from the goalkeeper position, Jack Gorman is leaving Page with the least amount of goals given up in the history of the program. Most, hey, you're, you're good at this. I noticed you've been using pitch a lot, soccer pitch. Clean sheets, most clean sheets in program history. You know what that is? 
Yeah, nobody's scoring. Dang right, clean sheet. So, and then you look at how many shutouts, scoreless games that um, Thomas Fields and Brentwood had through the year. So, this is tough for me, man. I feel this is kind of like in football. You know, Forrest and Landon are the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the running backs, but I don't know, man. Hard to argue with what those two goalkeepers did. I think that does give them the advantage because it's a little more uh, flashy, so to speak. But uh, in that sport, because there's so many low-scoring games, I do think it gives them a shot. It should. I think people appreciate that. Softball, uh, Ryan Brown, Independence. Uh, Lauren Johnson, Centennial, obviously what Coach Servant and Centennial did this year, making it to the sub-state. Lily Kate Richards, Summit, back-to-back trips to the state tournament. Then Ryland Smith had the most dominant year, but the year ended earlier. So it'll be interesting to see how that voting goes. And really, probably as much as anybody, I, I'm impressed and, and glad that Ryan Brown got in there because her team didn't quite do what the other teams did. Not that they had terrible years, but it just talks about the year she had. Uh, average like 627. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes. That gets you in the Hall of Fame. I mean, 42 hits, seven home runs. Uh, and I still say before it's over and before he leaves, uh, our man out there at Indy, they're, they're going to – I feel it. I feel the rise coming. Because wow. what he did at Dixon obviously was unbelievable. He's one of the best in the state. Yeah, she had an unbelievable year. Um, district offensive MVP, committed to Mizzou. So, you're right. I'm glad Ryan got in there. But without a doubt, the story this year was Centennial Summit, no one's villain softball. So, that's a tough one, man. Ryland Smith had to have led the way in strikeouts, but you can't argue with what Lily Kate did. Uh, and then with what, you know, obviously them going to the state tournament. They played longer. And then Lauren Johnson leading Centennial to what is by far the greatest season they've ever had in school history. That's a tough one. And they've got some people coming back. Yes. So they're going to be good again. They plan on being back. Uh, girls and boys tennis. So obviously this is pretty strong because if you talk about tennis, we had the girls champion, the boys runner up. We had the two individual runners up in singles. Then you have Fairview who has a district, or excuse me, state semifinalist uh, doubles team, and then you've got Franklin, whose girls pair wins the state doubles. So obviously a great category. On the girls' side, you have Disha Javagal from Brentwood, Lisa Messier of Franklin, part of that state doubles championship team, Grace Stout, and then you've got Victoria uh, Voronica, or excuse me, Vorinkina, sorry, Victoria, from Centennial uh, as the finalist. And here's the thing that I think people would go, well, Stout didn't play all year. She, you know, she was injured yes. and didn't play to the end, uh, but she did okay. She, oh. she, she makes it all the way to the state championship after taking care of business at district and region, and it takes three sets to beat her. Yes, that's all her only loss. So. Yeah, uh, she belongs there. No question. I'm glad the voters, because, I mean, again, if it's a regular season award, no way. But she got it done when it, when it mattered. Right. And the credit to her. That's the thing about tennis, too. If your team's not great, which she plays on a great team, you can still do it because there's a team tournament and an individual tournament. You feel my passion on tennis? You're getting a little amped up. I love tennis. And well, I'm going somewhere next because I know you love tennis. And you love doubles. Love doubles. So, Messier, does, does she get dinged a little bit for being a, a doubles Huh? Well, in the tournament, yeah, right. Well, if she would have chosen singles, she would have had a chance too. Because you look at her, uh, look at this record of hers. She had a fourteen and one record, three and zero against the top eight individual singles qualifiers. So the ones that made the tournament, she was three and zero against them. Right. And then over her career, and it's not a career competition, even though no. I think people think of that. This is 2021, 2022. She was forty and two in singles in three years. Oh yeah, no, she was. Obviously a great singles player, but the state championship came in doubles. That's what right. I'm asking. That's yeah. right. So Maybe. Maybe it matters. We'll see. Uh, boys' side, Patrick Delves, who is definitely the heavy favorite here, uh, only lost in, 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 uh, lost in the final. Didn't lose one team singles match. That dude's a competitor, too. Yes. Uh, Sam Frank, before. Fairview, only a sophomore. Uh, 
plays for his mother out there. He's doing a great job out there coaching Fairview, a state doubles semifinalist. I played one singles and one doubles all year. Evan Lee from Brentwood High School, who uh, right there with Dells, and he's only a freshman. And then Jackson Stone from Ravenwood, another quality player. Uh, great finalist in both categories. Looking forward to seeing what happens. I think there's, it's, it's, it's probably Delves on the boys' side in terms of being the favorite. But on the girls' side, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happens on the girls' side. I agree. Um, are we predicting? Well, if you want to, yeah, sure. Why not? I agree. But I think Messier is going to come out on top. We'll see. Uh, obviously, it's a sport that's dear, near and dear to our hearts. Uh, you know, we're down there <laughs> sort of working with TSSAA to run the track. Yeah, guest, we're guest <laughs> media members. Uh, girls and boys track, uh, and I know where your head's at on this. You're a big believer in the decathlon and the pentathlon. So on the girls' side, that's Elise Dobson. She's state champion. Sophie Yount obviously was, did okay, too. She was the runner-up. Then you've got Reagan Grimes, shot, put, and disc, a state champion. Also ran a leg on the four by 100-meter relay. Yeah, so you think about that. Right. You're winning the shot, put, and the discus, and you're running the four by one? I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Correct. Uh, and then you've got Claire Stigall. And by the way, you see what Claire just did? She just, she was at some kind of meet uh, nationally, and I'm, I'm assuming these times <coughs> count. She ran the fastest 1600 ever in this state. Freshman. As a fr is incredible. So you could argue for her too. Did you see that? I know we talked about this, but she wins the 1600 by more than 15 seconds and the 3200 by eight seconds. You and I talked about it when we were there. Uh, it almost didn't look real yeah. that this could be the state final, and she's literally cruising to the finish line. Went him close. No offense to any other category. This is by far the toughest category for me. I, I don't, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you pick that. I mean, think about it. You've got two of them that won two state championships. How do you argue against that? The freshman you just talked about, she dominated. It wasn't even close. You mentioned if there had been another lap in the 3200, <laughs> she would have lapped them. Maybe another half lap. But then you got the you got the you got the state record holder in the discus who won the discus and the shot. And you're right, she runs the not the four by eight, the four by one. Um, could have been on the four by two, I'm sure. So th that's got to count for something to me. Uh, Elise Dobson, she dominates the pentathlon. It's not even close. There's five events. She won three. Runner-up in two. Sophie came in second. It's a tough category, man. Tough. Boys track, you got Aiden Carter, the decathlon state champion. Cole Combs, uh, state champion discus for Page High School. Mason Green, Ravenwood, who just dominated all year, really, when you're talking about the shot put in the discus. And then Sterling Weldon. Here's what I think is interesting, and I know we keep talking about this. So we've got eight finalists. Brentwood's boys finished third, our best finishing boys team. Brentwood's girls finished first, but they've only got two finalists. Nolensville has three. I think that speaks to a couple things. Number one, the rise of Nolensville. And really, and I know you say it, uh, was it death by a thousand paper cuts or cuts or whatever you say? Uh, the depth of the Brentwood team is, is pretty. I, I, what I'm saying is you might see Brentwood not win either one of these. Although I feel like Aiden's probably the favorite there on the boys' side. Yeah, I think. But, but they still, on the team side, they're there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they're there. They're right behind them. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, you got to give the decathlon the credit it deserves, but then you look at Sterling Weldon. I mean, he's a state qualifier in four events. Nice, nice meet, Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> and you, we watch that stuff, and I know they've got spread out appropriately. But you wonder sometimes how they do it. I mean, that's taxing now mentally and physically. No doubt, yeah. To have to keep stepping it up. I mean, it's, it's wild. That it's brings no, us. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. That brings us to, <clears throat> which these are fun awards. And we've talked about all these individually. 
But female athlete of the year, you've got three from Ravenwood. You've got Grimes, Rath, uh, the soccer player, Kaylin Thomas, uh, also of Ravenwood, wrestler, track, played flag football. Uh, Ryland Smith, who was dominant in her sport uh, from Nolensville. Then on the boys' side, you've got Blake Beavis of Ravenwood, the pitcher. Jacob Clevenger, Fairview, does it all at Fairview. You've got Destin Wade, again, another really dominant at one sport guy. And then Aaron Walton, multiple sports. So it's interesting to see how the voters vote for it. I mean, my thought would be a number of sports, but I, I also get that I'm so dominant at one sport that I'm the athlete of the year. I get it both ways. Yeah. I wonder what the rest of the panel thought. I got one for you. Girls flag football. Do you think the voters took that into account? And if so, no doubt it helps Kalen Thomas more than anybody if they took flag football into it. So it's interesting. I got a lot of questions about flag. Are you going to give an individual award? And the answer was no, and I'll tell you why. And I think once it becomes a sanctioned sport, and it will, this stuff's going to go away a little bit. I thought what was so special about it this year is we didn't talk individual accolades. We could have done a player of the year, right? Uh, we could have done. I think it was her. Uh, you think what? I think it was Kalen Thomas. Oh, if you had yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. But my point is just the purity of playing for the fun of it and the excitement of it. As soon as you start giving individual awards, and you should give individual awards, right? You should. It does take that away from it because you naturally start thinking about yourself. But I'll say this. You, you mentioned Magic Johnson earlier. One of my all-time favorite quotes that I, actually used, <coughs> that I actually used with players on my teams over the years, Magic Johnson, he said it's funny. When you focus on the team and the team winning, the individual awards naturally follow. Well, obviously, not only was Magic – a great basketball player, but he was also a great uh, leader, would have been a good coach. Um, the guy gets it. So, yeah, I like that quote as well. Well, and it's funny because, you know, as, as, as players, you know, you can give the lip service to it. But Magic Johnson meant it. No doubt about it. He could have cared less about that individual stuff. No, well, the former host, the former executive producer of this show and I <laughs> – and I finally just don't even talk about it anymore. If Magic Johnson wanted to score 30 points a game, he'd have scored Done. 30 points a game. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree. But what made him better for his team was not to score 30. That's right. In his rookie year, if anybody wants to remember, uh, Kareem gets hurt and he scores 42 in the game-clinching game. And he was shooting the sky hook. Played center. I mean, so. Never I, fear. That's where never fear EJ's here. Yeah, he's tough. Jordan's still a better player. Yeah. But Magic, I like Magic on my team. Uh, here's the way I would compare them. Magic can make guys better that maybe aren't as good. Jordan is so good, he makes the team better. They make their teams better for two different reasons. Yeah, they're, in my opinion, the two best ever. I like Larry too. I do, too. I just think those two are better. Female sports coach of the year. Uh, great candidates here. Ron Brock, basketball, Final Four. Nathan Clapp, Paige Soccer, champion. Joe Fedoris, Brentwood, champion. Brett Young, Nolensville, champion. Pretty good category. On the male side, you got Nathan Clapp again, champion. We mentioned that before for Paige Soccer. Brian Coleman, Charles Rathbone, both football runner-up. And then Mike Purcell, Brentwood, state champion in soccer. Great, great, great candidates there for coaches of the year. So both categories you're going to have, to your point earlier, um, you're going to have state championship winning coaches who don't win the Wilco. And you have state champion winning coaches who aren't finalists. That's what happens when you win eight team titles. Hashtag means more. <laughs> Apparently it does. Female sports teams of the year. Brentwood gets cross country and track on the girls' side. Nolensville volleyball, Paige soccer. Uh, those are your four finalists. Uh, 
they all have something in common, state champions. On the male sports team side, you've got a couple of champions in soccer for Paige and Brentwood, and then football and soccer, uh, or excuse me, Paige football, Summit football, both runners up. Here's what happens here. Uh, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to move the awards a little bit later. There's nothing wrong with having it in May, but it's a full season now. And so you have a chance for those spring teams to get in there and those spring coaches and spring athletes. But here's my question to you. Football, let's face it, gets a lot of media attention. If you're talking about media attention, it's football and basketball, right? It, yes. just, it just is. But do the spring sports now have an advantage and it's the last thing on your mind? It just happened. Yeah, I think so. So they went from what they would always say was a big disadvantage before, now maybe they have the advantage. That's right. What have you done for me lately? Right. And we mean in the last week or two. Literally. <laughs> no, I think that's a great point. Uh, last couple items here, Tate. Media Student of the Year, we love this award. Uh, Dr. Qualls will be involved in this part of the program. Matthew Bowen from Ravenwood. Uh, Natalie Finley from Independence, Anna Ray Jones, Franklin, Gabe Reeves, Independence. Here's something that's cool about this. Before, it was always broadcasting kinds of things. But you take someone like Nat Finley, it was a lot of uh, graphic and made those posters uh, that come out in the schools with the team schedules. and So it's now it's not really just broadcasting anymore. You're going to see students who have these other skills as well. Uh, what's so cool about, and there's a lot of things cool about WCS, but if you go to most events, sporting events, you see a student on that playing field taking pictures, uh, taking video, just like our outside the lines group uh, who we're going to recognize that night too. Uh, it's really cool about here. Oh, I love it. I've, I've never seen anything like it. You're right. And when you got here, it's one of the first things you said. And, you know, just like the, uh, you, you know, the, the broadcast, the, the NFHS you know, that they're doing now, the game days, the, you know, it's, they're, they're producing things that are better than what you're seeing adults who are getting paid to do it. It's, you know, and, uh, and the, and the facilities and the, and the resources that they have here. It's really cool. I mean, they're leaving high school and they're ready to go straight to work. So you're talking about, let's talk about the outside the lines group here real quick. You got Caitlin Cohey from Renaissance, Tia Atkinson from Page, McKinley Johnston from Summit, Brooks Taylor from Ravenwood. Just to your point, uh, and I know I mentioned this a few shows back, but Mark Reeves, who's now going to be our executive director for TSSAA, they put together a package that they played at the state wrestling tournament, and he told me, he said, we've paid people <laughs> to do this, and it's not as good as what was produced here today. Very cool. I mean, it's impressive. Yeah. It's really impressive. Okay, a couple other awards that we don't really have finalists for. We're just going to announce them that night. But we're also going to announce a student athlete of the year, multi-sport athlete, male and female. Love it. Last year we did just multi-sport. We said, hey, let's pick one male and female. Uh, John Mayer Builder Sportsmanship Award, we appreciate them. We'll give us $5,000 to a student to present that night. A sponsor of the year, Matthews Team Sport was the winner last year. Uh, Courage Award, always a tearjerker, tends to be uh, that part of the night. A Legacy Award, uh, Dr. Jeremy Qualls was the first winner last year on that particular award. And then our Director's Cup, which is kind of the last thing. These schools have been the most dominant. We do a couple of different divisions. Our largest schools there make up the top six, and, and we call that Division One. Uh, the three smallest schools are Division Two. I think Brentwood and Page have a shot. Uh, not a whole lot of suspense in that award this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would mention, too, and we appreciate this uh, once again, and we'll get this out for you. Uh, the folks here at WCTV are going to help us out. We'll live stream that event again, uh, not only for the people that can't be there live, but to go back and watch it later. So we appreciate this crew and what they do. Uh, not for only for that event, but all year long. Very much appreciated. Oh, they're the best. They really are. Couldn't putting, do it without them. Putting up with us. They, they are some of the most patient people I've ever been around. I mean, even though, uh, obviously, the talent level out here on the desk is, I mean, you really can't mess this. <laughs> uh, go back. YouTube would say differently. <laughs> I mean, I say... Look it out. it out. It dates us, actually. It's the longest-running show on WCTV, as I say. 
were the Simpsons of WCTV. So you, whether it was YouTube would suggest <laughs> differently to what you said. Whether it was Ringstaff, Daniels, the team of Qualls and Matthews, or this current team, uh, yeah, you're probably right. It's just it's probably them making us look better. <laughs> Uh, we will be off next week. The next time we're together, we're going to be talking about the Wilco Award winners, which, again, is a couple of, coming up here in a couple of weeks. We're going to be excited about that. And then once that's over, Tate, we're just going to start all over again. It won't be long. We'll be talking football, volleyball, cross-country, girls' soccer. Let's go. Let's get ready. Tate, thank you today, and really maybe especially today. You've toughed it out and done a great job. Thank you to Lance for the Ricola <laughs> cough drops, and uh, I promise I'll be better coming. He would do that, uh, you know, that commercial where they do that, but I don't think you could do it right Couldn't now. Couldn't do it. It'd crack. <laughs> Coach Kirby was over at the office earlier today. He said all those Ron Crawford impersonations <laughs> finally came back to get you. Now you don't even have to impersonate it. Just there it is. And Donnie Webb. Listen, last story. I know we're telling a lot of stories today, but – uh, Jay Johnson tells a hilarious story. Uh, I guess Coach Crawford had been on the radio, and then his daughter, she was younger, had been around Don. I may mess this up a little bit, but this is close. And then she heard, she'd always been around Coach Donnie Webb, and then she heard Coach Crawford talking, and she said, Dad, do all football coaches talk that way? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Which I thought was great. I'll make it quick. Coach Steve Brock, Track coach at Brentwood, Jake Brock's daddy. He used to do a skit back in the day before huddle. You swapped films, and he you would have to call the opposing coach to set up film swap. And Steve Brock used to do a Ron Crawford and Donnie Webb on the phone setting up skit uh, uh, film swap. It did not disappoint. It was it was legendary. Maybe we'll have them have him on sometime to do it. It's it was great. Tate, appreciate it. Can't wait for the Wilcos, man. Looking forward to it. And thank you for joining us for this very special edition of Sports Connection. We'll see you next time.